Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Grow Water Your Grass. We are super excited to be here and have such a special guest with us. We are just excited for you to dive in and get to know him. And I met Gabe about a year ago and just instantly knew this was a special guy. My husband and I were actually talking about you last night. He's like, I remember that guy. He's a good looking guy. Like, all right. Well. <laughs> Anyhow, we were just talking about what a gift you are and just you all to meet Gay Baker. He has a twinkle in his eye and a pep in his step. And I can't wait for you all to be introduced and hear all about who is Gay Baker and what is he doing and how can he bless all of us today. So welcome to the podcast, Gay. Yes, so welcome, Gay. We're excited to have you. Thank you for having me. So yes. Fun. So I think we want to start off um, just, you know, I got to know you through the music world in Nashville that we know is so small. And uh, he no, we don't know it's so small. You all know it's so small. <laughs> uh, this man has a voice that's like butter and butter. like butter. And his uh, he also played for my wedding, which is super fun and was such a blessing to us. And his his cello playing, and he plays guitar, and has done some really really awesome things. Um, so, would you just share with our guests a little bit who is Gay Baker? A little bit about maybe. Your home coming here, you first spoken on, you know, social media, also really kind of sharing um, losses that you've had that were some pretty big losses. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, regards to family and the way that impacts. And I think you've really spoken to people who have both dreams in their hearts, but also who have had suffering, you know. So if you just share a little bit about who Gabe is. Love to. Well, this is great. Yeah, Nashville is a surprisingly small music town. It's a, it's a, yeah. So that's <laughs> where we met. Um, and let's see. So I'm originally from Texas. I grew, I was born in Dallas, grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and was uh, moved to Houston, Texas for college. And I was in Houston for a decade of my life, including uh, my four, four and a half years of college life there. And yeah, I um, whenever I get asked this question, I love answering it, and I always try to find um, the what angle am I going to take with, with, with sharing uh, what brought me to Nashville. But I, I've only been in Nashville for about two and a half years, and it's been probably the most jam-packed, adventurous two and a half years of my entire life. Like in terms of just activity and all the things that I'm doing, and and, and I've lived a pretty interesting kind of diverse experience of life. And um, I'll share, yeah, my parents, uh, both full-time Christian ministry folks growing up, they were missionaries overseas. They led 
uh, churches and planted churches in uh, South Africa, specifically like in the jo Johannesburg area and townships around Joburg. Um, they did stuff in India. And then right before I was born, they moved back to Texas and uh, in Dallas. And they were still in ministry leading a church there. And they moved to San Antonio to lead a church. Hmm. And so uh, I, uh, I claim San Antonio as my hometown. And I have a tight-knit family. I have t an older brother and an eldest sister. And we're all just, you know, just uh, just a crew. The, the, the Baker Five just being together. And so um, very musical family as well. Uh, both my parents could sing. My mom played the violin, piano. Yeah. Um, and then my sister, she picked up the violin first. She's the eldest. My brother then picked up the upright bass. And I picked up, picked up the cello in the fourth so grade. <laughs> and it was it was really great. And both at an athletic family as well. My dad played, My dad was a professional track athlete. And mom could swim. And she played tennis all the time. And so it was like a really like mixed bag of just... Uh, a very cherished, beautiful upbringing that I'm always so grateful for. Um, and I definitely always lead with who I am now. And like we all are, we all, we all are a reflection of, of, of who God is and what he's done in our lives and, and also are, are who our parents are and what they've done for us. Um, and, and the, just the humans that they are for better and for worse. Right. And so I'm truly just a blessing uh, of reflection of, of my parents and uh, they allowed us to explore our curiosities and interests as kids and just allowed us to be kids. And so they never forced us to be Christians. They never do this thing, but they showed us an example to, to emulate. Um, and they are beautiful examples of just love and really devoting their lives to people and, and giving, giving their hearts to, to those who need, need, need help in different ways. Um, and so yeah, I just I just remember that just being the, the the environment growing up. I just I never felt forced to do anything that I didn't want to do, but I also felt responsible to be respectful to mm. to work hard and um, so I lead with that and, and so I, I was able to 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 land in the, the the combination of doing music and playing sports. Sports was mainly just the main thing. I played a bunch of sports growing up and picked up football in the fifth grade, which was technically the last sport I picked up. Um, and, uh, but, but still was doing track and played basketball and played soccer and, um, and I was in orchestra shows playing, playing the cello and through, um, and then getting through high school is when I really, you know, was doing well with sports and found just, yeah, found a real comfortable balance of like, yeah, this is me. I love playing the cello. Uh, I was taking private lessons for a while um and was doing well in sports and it was just a fun combination because my brother was doing that as well and he got into choir as well when he was in high school and so we were always me and my brother mainly we were doing things together because we were just about a year he was almost two years older but we were just one grade apart right. and so we were always doing things together um and so yeah, uh, football began became more the main thing for me, but I was still doing orchestra. So I was the orchestra fo football guy. Uh, <laughs> That's a unique combination. You don't hear that often. It is no? a unique combination, and I was grateful to embrace it. I never felt like um, an odd. I mean, I felt unique, and I knew it was unique, but um, I was grateful to to do well in both, um, and was able to stand out in both. And uh, spiritually, you know, I it I, I really my step in my discipleship took the biggest step was uh, the day before my sophomore year in high school is when I, when I was baptized. 
And it was like that for, to me, it was that, that real deepening of knowing, um, you know, what, what is, what does it mean to actually take ownership of my faith, um, and, and really dig, dig deep into it. And so from that moment, I, I do, I do remember just, um, in retrospect, I mean, in the moments I didn't feel it, but in retrospect, I definitely acknowledge just the working of, of this, of God and his spirit, like putting me in places of, of leading things, um, without me not being equipped to lead them, but he it just he just knows exactly what what he has planned for me in that kind of form and um i started leading a little uh a bible study every monday morning i remember in my in the cafeteria in high school um and i didn't know public high school yeah it was public high school that's pretty um, incredible and i just remember it was just a part of this thing and i had a good buddy who was leading the fellowship of christian athletes that organ our, our group there on, on campus and he had graduated and so junior year and senior year, I was leading it. And I remember there was a faculty staff member that was supposed to like, you know, assist with everything. And she really wasn't helping at all, which I, I it wasn't like, I didn't feel bad about it, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't know what support I was supposed to be getting. So basically it was just all me just trying to figure how, how to lead this organization, this group, this on-campus group, which I didn't do very effectively to be honest at all. Um, <laughs> But I just remember this experience of stepping into like being able to take hold of my own faith independently. Um, and then being in this position of like, okay, I'm just gonna, I, I printed flyers out every week and putting them up in the, across the school and we'll be like, Hey, I have this Bible stay at, you know, eight 30 in, in the, in the cafeteria, if you guys want to join me. And sometimes there'd be one person, sometimes there'd be none. I remember there's the most we I had, I think maybe it was like five or six people. And I was like, here's a girl, this is cranking. And so uh, I think every Sunday night I would get my dad and I was like, dad, I have no clue how to put this lesson together. What, what do I do? And you're like, okay, you should, uh, I, he, I always started like, you can always, always lean on, you can always lean on the parables and they're like, build, build great discussions around the parables. And so anyways, it was just, to me, that was a, uh, always stands as a, as a moment of experience for me of like, growing in my discipleship and leaning in, in, in my relationship with God and Jesus, because that really has, tra that sets me, has set me up for everything I'm doing now, which is incredible. And so I'll quickly fast forward some, mm -hmm. but I was grateful to get a scholarship offer to play football at a couple of D1 uh, uh, universities. And I accepted one at Rice University, which is in Houston. And I moved to Houston in 2010 when I was there. Uh, environment engineer major and then I, I then I also continued the trend of leading things and I, I started an on-campus min college ministry which was attached to my home church at the time but they didn't have like a presence on the campus so I was like yeah I can start a group there so I was leading a, a, a weekly uh, Bible study and just kind of just being there helping helping friends and, and, and loving people and so that was a very active time um, Playing college sports is really, really intense and uh, a lot of fun at the same time. So I had a lot of great time doing that. Didn't play, didn't do a lot of music. Uh, music was mainly in the expression of leading worship at church and playing cello here and there. I played cello enough just to be known as the football guy who played cello. Um, <laughs> that was mainly it. And then, yeah, I had a beautiful time in, in college. I, I would live that experience over time and again I really would uh, and there's a lot of details there I, I would explain but 
after college, um, I wanted to go pro that didn't work out. And then I started working in as a civil engineer professionally. And then right after that, my mom, she started working at a, a seminary and he, she was a licensed professional counselor. Um, and so she started working at a seminary in the Houston area. They were still in San Antonio, but she was coming back and forth. And I decided I wanted to take advantage. I always wanted to study theology in some form, uh, formally. And so I started, I went to seminary there. I was getting a master's in theology part-time. So I was working in my job and doing that. And then I got into like the Ninja Warrior stuff at the time. That was the first year I did that. And it was like, to me, I got out of college and I was out of the football life and I was like, what else can I do with my life? Football has been this mainstay in my regularity for over, for literally since I was in fourth grade. Um, and it's weird when you transition out of that because you're, you tr it's it just, it's part of you. Um, and so it's a it's part a, of your identity, right? Yeah. Like and that's, a, that's another long conversation for, uh, for things. Cause a lot of athletes lose, can lose themselves after they leave transition yeah. out of some mm -hmm. In what, in what way am I? I'm grateful that I really felt confident of like football is not me. Even going at going out of college, like I love it, but I know I I know my my identity in Christ and the foundation. Um, and also, I just I have like man, I have so much more I want to try to do in my life as well. Um, and, and so I was grateful. I just want to honor that because we have you know, as a D1 athlete myself and just being around that, I think that is such a challenge for yeah. you spend so much of your life and so much of your time. It's such a challenge to not have it. you be like you're, you're gay, the football player, you're, okay. you're the runner. And so just what a gift that, because I, I've seen very few D1 athletes that don't really go through this struggle to allow that not to be their identity. So that's just, wow, what a, you must have been very rooted. Were you a runner? Were distance runner. Long, middle, middle, long distance? All the long. Runner, long, long distance. Come on. The longer you go, the faster I get. I love that. I didn't, I didn't, I stayed away from anything over 400 meters, but oh. I so respect <laughs> for that. No, I, I, I'd be last place in a 400, but if you got to keep going 26 miles, I might be able to. Get, oh get my gosh, that's a different monster, different monster doing that. It is. But no, I, I, I hear you. And I think, yeah, in the times, I think we, cause we always have conversations on campus as, you know, student athletes of like, mm -hmm. about this, about like, you know, it can be, it's going to be a challenge based on what you do after this. And I, and I have conversations with friends now who, yeah, some of them are faring better than others based on what they're doing in life. And it, it is an interesting thing. Um, but I'm grateful to, have had a basis to where I, I didn't feel the incredible loss that some may feel transitioning yeah. out of my Sounds like life. it was more of a springboard than a dead end for you. Yeah. I, I'm grateful that that was the effect, the effect for me. And I think for a lot of athletes, that is the effect. And that's, I think it's the ideal. It can be. It can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I think that's, I think more, t I mean, I mean, this is presumptuous. I think more times than not, that is the case, but I think a lot of times it can easily be like, oh man, nothing's, nothing can ever compare to the intensity of playing sport to what I did in football. So it, it just drops down. But I think very easily it can be just that mental, emotional springboard to be like, I understand what it means to be disciplined. I understand what it takes to grow in this skill. I can transfer the, that experience to anything else in my life, if you will, you know? No, mindset's powerful, you know, to be able to say, okay, once, you, once you've elevated one area to be like, actually, I know what that took. 
And now that translates into everything, the discipline you've learned, that grit, that intentionality, all of that, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just like we talk about on here, I mean, everything in your life is mindset. You can use it to be like, this is the end or like, no, this is just the beginning. And I'm so grateful for all I've learned. Now let's, let's take it on to the next thing because we just believe as you grow in life, you know, God's dreams over us are bigger than our own and it just gets better. And it's, um, but again, you've been able to focus on self as an athlete, because you're just focused on getting better. And as you grow older, typically you're growing out of self, you know, giving yourself in a marriage or with children or whatever it is with your work. And so it, it, it trans, it's a maturing of that, right? How do you mature? Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the, I, I feel that to be an, an ideal thing or a, a desired thing that God has for us is that we, you're, you're, you're stepping into more and more expressions of his grace right so you're always growing in, in his grace and yeah i think it is trying to take those heavy transitions in life as as moments of like okay what does it mean for me to to lean into what god has built in me to take me move me from strength to strength in that in that kind of thing because that and so I'm, I'm grateful to to really have felt that i think that was definitely uh a moment in time where i, I I really, yeah, viscerally and, and situationally and all these things felt that transition of like, okay, I'm grateful that God has put me in a place to, I've built a foundation that I can lean on, that I'm moving and I, I don't feel like I'm at a loss because I know who I am. And it's it's truly, definitely a divine thing. Um, and let's see, next step in my journey. Um, we're getting close to the Nashville life, super close. Um, from that, I, yeah, so I was working professionally at the time in the, as an as engineer, and I, I, about three months into that job, I knew I wasn't, that I didn't like that job, but I stayed there for about three years. It was just a, it was a great company, great, I knew it was a blessing of a, and I, the lesson I was really being taught there that I realized was like being faithful with where I'm at, even if I didn't feel so excited about it in the moment, I'm like, I, I know this is where I'm supposed to be, how do I be faithful with where I'm at? That faithfulness, um, that's... Yeah. I, I like that you said that because sometimes people can, you know, there can be the temptation if it's not where we want to be, we just kind of show up, but we're not really there. You know, we kind of just have habits or, but to actually like engage in where you are is, you know, cause if you're faithful in those small things, then you can be faithful in those bigger things. There's I a lot of beauty in that. That's so beautifully put. And that's exactly what I feel like I learned. Cause I was, I had some, I was not a good employee, I feel like, for a lot of those days in that job. Just because I just wasn't focused, I think I could have given so much more than I did. And that is a challenge, I think, for for us as people in general when you yeah, when you're in a position in which you like you don't feel so, you know, fired up to be in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it and I think more times than not, you'll find yourself in positions that you like that, where like I, I'm here for this reason like i gotta pay these bills and that's okay sometimes but then there's like i think you, if you don't lean into being faithful there you miss out what teach you at the same time provoke and and so to me it was a, it was that was a, another great experience of like okay let me stop thinking about me and think about what, what god is trying to teach me in this moment and how do i give still um and, and so I was there for a few years. I was doing the mixed life. I was still, I was leading a lot in my church, um, still leading a lot of worship ministry. Since I was in seminary, I, be, I joined like our teaching ministry in our church and 
I was doing, I did a lot of work with a nonprofit, uh, an international nonprofit that was connected to our church. And so it was like a cool, cool, cool combination of just activity and things that I all really thoroughly enjoyed. But the one thing I did find um, is that I, I, I knew I wasn't completely specializing in the thing that I felt like that was me yet. Um, even though the, all the things I was doing was like, I was utilizing, I, would, I was utilizing my skills and I was good at what I was doing, but I always felt like I was just spreading myself across things that I could do well mm-hmm. versus what I felt passionately connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was waiting for, I, I kind of was wait, just been waiting for that thing. And that's just what happens when you're moving in life, especially out of college. If you go to college, you know, I was just trying to find, you know, what is that thing you connect with? And then I actually transitioned after that job. Um, to working for the local government in the Houston area for the, for, and I was working for the, like the county mayor, the county executive, which is really, really an incredible job doing policy work, public policy work. And so I was working directly for the people. And that was where I really felt called to build my career in that like government side. And I may go back to it in time if God opens that door, but that was, that was really it. And, um, and so I was still, still doing the random Ninja Warrior stuff here and there um found my way on another like reality competition series that was on netflix and uh was still doing nonprofit work and ministry stuff and i graduated seminary right when i uh transitioned to the government work work in the local government and then right at the 2019 is when things really dramatically shifted for me overall and my brother had was up in dallas he went to school for music and he was doing the freelancing life and he moved down to the Houston area. My parents had moved out to Houston, um, I think in 2016, um, officially. They sold our house in San Antonio and I was out there. So, and then I moved in with my parents uh, right after college, which I loved. I, I could live with my parents forever. I just loved being with them. Um, and, and then my brother moved down. He had, to, he had to get himself just back together. He was in a, just a tough financial position. He had to just get his feet back under him. But then unfortunately his mental health started to decline. Um, and that was a really challenging experience for him. And then my mom's health started to decline. She was a very, became, uh, or her journey with the very ambiguous type of tumor, uh, started. And most of the days she seemed like she was normal. And I think she's just really good at being normal, even when she wasn't. Mm. Um, and so through 2019, it was, a that's where things really, really began to, to climax in, in their healths, both my brother and my mom. And August of 2019, my mom was diagnosed with diagnosed stage four liver and pancreatic cancer. And that was a shock because again, it seemed like everything was pretty normal. Like that summer before that, we had just been, my mom's from Aruba and she has extended family in, 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 in Holland. Um, and this was the first time that summer that we actually had like a, almost a full family family reunion from my mom's side because we always would be with my, my dad's from Texas. And so we'd always be with my extended family on my dad's side. So all that to say, it was just a beautiful time. Just and I think it was the God thing that we that that that, that, that happened at the time. But there was so much happening. My brother's health was was pretty bad, his mental health. And he was um, still still going through it. But um schizoaffective spectrum depression anxiety and so there's a lot of different layers to that that was really really hard like not knowing how to navigate that um and doing the best we can as as family just to be be with him and try to because you can't force anyone to accept any type of medical care that they don't accept on themselves that they won't you know 
And so he's doing the best that he can, but he's also kind of doesn't know what is best for him, quote unquote, you know, because he's yeah. not completely mentally there. Um, and so that's that's the whole uh, incredible challenge that, of things that I've learned through that. And then unfortunately, my mom passed away December 2nd, 2019. Um, and my mom's health continued to get worse those last few months. Uh, my brother, he continued to, he was always distancing himself. He'd leave unannounced all the time. It was really, really strange time. And it was just because he, he, he was so disillusioned um, and so anxiety and depressive that he felt like he couldn't be around. He felt like it was a bad omen to people. He felt like, and he's just, and it was a very, very strange experience, very challenging experience, mostly for him, but all, but you know, by by fact, uh, by us. Um, and so he he packed up and, and left right as my mom was she was in hospice care, and it, he he just felt like you know, it just made it worse for him that my mom's health was failing. He felt like he was a bit of a cause for that or or, or something, and and so it was like this weird thing of like he felt guilty for not being around. But then he also felt like he couldn't be around because it was so difficult. And um, he's unfortunately he's, he's been out of touch since my mom passed. And so um, mm -hmm. we, we we don't know where he is, um, which has been really, really weird and strange. And so that that's it was a very uh, dynamic, crazy flip in our own family's life just in that season end of end of November on um, of of just everything going in a way that you don't expect it to at all um and and it's strange because you you feel like you, you know this is not the situation you know that god doesn't work in a way that oh if i do all this this is what i will receive that's not how god operates but you feel like it should <laughs> we've given our whole life to ministry oh, exactly that's a great example right? to everyone that, hmm. you know, we're all called to follow God and his plan for our life. But yeah. just because we do things his way doesn't mean we won't have suffering and we won't have hardships. Yeah. And it all. doesn't mean that God is not a father of love at all. You know, we have that gift of free will. And so there's going to be challenges. There's going to be suffering. And, and, you know, sometimes in this life, we won't see the, the fruit from that or, but I do believe from every suffering that there's a silver lining, there's a gold lining in there. And, and sometimes we know it in a decade. Sometimes we know it in a month and sometimes we might not know what this side of heaven. And it's just a beautiful example of you remaining in faith, despite your faithfulness and your fan, the Baker five's faithfulness doesn't mean you won't have hard things. And it's, mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes hard to stay faithful in that. Yeah. Gabe, what was that like? For, because, you know, you're seeing your family fall apart, you know, everything that a space I had been safe, a space that had been full of joy and love and laughter and, you know, so much beauty, and you're seeing this fall apart. What was the human experience of that, right? Because everyone's been through the really painful times. Some people totally walk away from the Lord during that time. Some people, you know, are angry, which is in, you know, very appropriate. I would even say we're not like what the heck, you know, underneath because underneath anger, right, is such deep pain. Can you share just like really human, like what was your experience of that, and what did you, what have you been learning? Because you know, 2019 wasn't so long ago. Not at all, and it was right before the pandemic hit, and there's so many other things that happened right before things. Yeah, and so it was an incredible layer of um, mystery for me. Um, 
I feel like the, the years leading up to that year as well, I, I really intentionally was digging into this lesson that God was teaching me through relationships and conversations of having a personal emotional undoing of things for me. Like, I feel like I was, I, I needed to grow so much in continuing need to constantly now, of course, but like then the lesson for me was like, how do I become more emotionally vulnerable as a person? Um, and that was something I really felt like I was teaching me like, like, like let go, like lean into being more emotionally honest about how you feel in any given moment. And I think this was just another insane expression of God working in that way to, to show me what it means to feel, take me through something that take me through an experience where it's like, okay, I actually know what it means to be broken now and and to feel completely out of control. And, and when I feel like I had control over my life, when it's like a perceived control, which is actually not the case, but <laughs> that's, you know. that's something that um actually Matt, my husband and I, we've been talking a lot about that idea of like powerlessness. Yeah. You know, we all think we have so much power, so much control. And the reality is like, we're all powerless. You know, there's yeah. very little, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, yes, we have free will, but we do, our, our whole dependence is on God, but it's interesting right. when things are going really well. It's easy to forget that. And you can just think like, Oh yeah, I've got it together. It's mm-hmm. good. Right. I'm so on top of it. When the reality is like we are in, are in a space of, of of powerlessness, and then what's what's the response to that? You know, is it fear or is it surrender? You know, is it is it hands open to the Lord or is it is it angry that you can't control it? You know, um, I would love for you to share a little bit more on that idea of emotional vulnerability because I think that's something that everyone craves the the intimacy and the connection that emotional vulnerability brings. However, it's so scary, right? As human yeah. beings, that it's also the thing that the majority of us run from. I would venture to say almost everyone runs from at some point. Can can you share a little bit about that? What that journey is looking like for you has looked like for you. I, I would bet you're probably still in it. Most of us are. <laughs> it the journey of emotional vulnerability is the most um, rewarding and the most challenging experience. Mm. Um, And I I have grown the most emotionally in these last two and a half year life outside of these three years. Um, And it's, yeah, the thing about it, I think it is that incredible combination of knowing that um, especially I think it's I think it's really challenging to be hmm, trying to find the right way to say it because I think in the, in in combination of knowing because it's 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 a it's just a it's it's been like a a weird combination of like growing up in a very spiritual household the human effect of that ended up being emotionally posturing unintentionally mm. um, and I think for those who end up stepping into places of leadership and you're in front of people all the time that can be a, a, an easy thing to step to to slide or step into the emotional posturing experience tell, tell, um, 
share what you mean by that emotionally. What I mean, yeah, when I mean emotionally posturing is that feeling as if you have to be the person that's okay all the time in order to lead effectively. Um, and a lot of times you do have to be the one that is strong and who can, who can be the level headed person in the place of danger and craziness. And that's needed. Um, but one of the most, one of my favorite leaders that I've been led by, I guess, in ministry, he's a great friend, uh, ministry leader. He, one thing he told me is that people, I mean, leadership, effective leadership, people will follow, follow those, follow, the most effective leadership comes from a place of humility mm-hmm. and people won't know your humility until they, they see your humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, that has stuck with me since he shared that, um, years, years back. And I think it's, it's really continued to, to become more alive to me in time of like, okay, if I actually feel, I do feel like God continues to put me in places in which we're all leading in some form, influencing in, in, in our lives and whatever that means. And so what does it mean for me to be fully human? And I think that's, that's the desire that God wants us to be. He wants us to be fully human. And if we suppress aspects of our human experience, we're not going to be able to lean into the, the full divine image that God's made us to be. And I think it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly like being more emotional, has made things so much more fun in life, as weird as that sounds. I say fun not as a as a it's kind of a weird choice of word, but I think it, it depressurizes things. Like I feel so much less pressured to to live up to this perceived idea of something. Um, versus like, okay, this is who I am and this is what I'm feeling in the moment. And I'm gonna embrace that for what it is. Mm. And it's kind of fun because you can create so much from it. And I say that, I say, I guess maybe the fun use of fun that I'm constantly <laughs> saying now comes from being a creative because me, I could not be as effective of a creative as I am now. If I haven't, if, if I have not journeyed through the emotional work that I have been, that God has been taking me through of, of time. I love that Gabe, because we yeah. take ourselves so seriously. And I think you have more fun when you learn to, you know, it's, it's really at the heart. It's ungodly self-reliance. And when we yes, rely on ourselves, we, we, we will fail. We will fail ourselves. And so, you know, pride is that top thing. I love that you're talking about humility. I actually just listened to an amazing talk yesterday on the four degrees of humility. Mm. And it, it just was so impactful. I have to send it over to you. But on, you know, no one wants to follow someone that think, that wants to be the center of attention or wants to be influenced by someone that's pointing to us. And the only reason we're put in leadership roles truly or have influence over people should not be to point to self, but to point to him. And so when we fall into that ungodly self-reliance or have that lack of humility, we're disordered. And, you know, it's, it's a huge problem now with social media. And so I just, I love what you're doing because it does seem to always point to the, to, to, to him and not back to self. And it's a challenge in our world. You know, we have iPhones, iPads, I this, I that, me, 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 selfie, 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 mm-hmm. but it will never sustain us. And so I want to challenge our listeners and our audience to get out of that ungodly self-reliance and to really embrace that humility that Gabe's talking about here. And, you know, you look back and you don't, you're still in this suffering, not knowing where your brother is. And, you know, we, we pray, we'll add that to our prayer list, Thanks. but through that, I'm sure it's brought a whole new level of humility that you would have never 
experienced or, you know, th there will be virtue that comes from that. Right. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Mm, ungodly self-reliance is, is definitely that a beautiful expression to put way to put that. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I, w I was going to add to, um, what you were saying, there was a part, one question. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think that I, I'm continuing to, yeah, just live in this place of, of, of knowing what it means to be more emotionally competent, more emotionally vulnerable. Um, and you're relatable, it, right? It's, it's relatable. It, it really does. It, it's so relatable. Oh, okay. This is what I was going to say is that, yeah, I, the, the brokenness that the, the feeling of brokenness is, is like, we want to avoid that. And, and that's, I mean, yeah, I think it's, we all want to be in a place of peace and that's where God wants us to be. But I think the, the thing that God does when we journey through those moments in which things are shattered and to whatever degree, um, is that he, our brokenness allows him to work, um, in us because it, it, it takes away these pretenses that whatever the, that pretense may be of you know, those things that can end up being, um, barriers, um, between God's working in and us. Um, and so I just fully felt that like, just literally from a, just such a, a, a visceral way of feeling like God working through the brokenness in me, um, of like, okay, this is what it means for you. This is, this is the only way for you to quote unquote level up and continue to grow and be sanctified is for you to let go of this idea that you have control over your life mm -hmm. uh, and lean mm -hmm. into the ways that I'm working. Mm. Um, and what does it mean? And brokenness is that way that God works through us, which is, it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. You know, and we don't want to go through it, but if we allow God to, to, and we don't run from God in places of brokenness, but we lean into him, that's where ours even fully realize. And, and it's, the, it's that weakness and strength dichotomy yeah. of like in our weakness god is the strongest because we're relying on god the most mm -hmm. and god wants us to rely on him as much as we can because mm -hmm. he knows what's best for us all the time and that's been the beautiful thing for me like when all that came at the 2019 my mom passed away in my brother situation as quirky as it was i got casted on a bachelor music spinoff show <laughs> and it was as you could imagine being a ministry leader as well um, the conversations about going on into a space like that were all over the spectrum. Wild. Um, I, got a, yeah. I got an incredible amount of, of, I feel like justified criticism for choosing to do that. But then a lot of people were all on the other side of like, you know, you know, God can work through this moment, whatever that is. And it's a platform to, to show, to, to be a, an expression of love. Um, uh, and you're not preaching to the choir. Others. You're preaching to people that may not have ever heard about the choir. Come on exactly, now. Exactly Get out that. of the circles, right? And that's, and I think being in the entertainment realm now, professionally, that's always part of the conversation of like, what are you stepping into and not being afraid to step into places that are not of God, um, not for the sake of engaging in the things that aren't of God, but to be able to be a light to others who aren't, who aren't. Yeah. And how do they ever... Yeah find the light if we aren't willing to, to bring the light to them, you yeah. know?
Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, something that just struck me with what you were saying is that they just, I think about all the time is his power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think about that all the time because we don't want that weakness and we don't want to let go, but that's where all the good stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's just your example of positivity through all the seasons of suffering and brokenness is just such a testimony, Gabe. I just honor you with how you are embracing it and not resisting it and and using it as a testimony to show others that goodness can come from this and it will and lean into it and ex- embrace it because this is where this is where the going gets good. It really is. And that, so that, that. Stepping into it, I think it's so beautiful too, because the temptation is to run when there's pain, the temptation is to do, every, you know, buffer to do everything we can to escape from what is the reality in that moment. You know, when there's a lot of pain and to be able to rather to sit in that space with the Lord, to sit, trust that he is doing something good and that he's, it's always, it's always been interesting to me in some of the most painful moments of my life had usually been the moments where the Lord has also invited me into more ministry and into more ways of serving where, and, and you're forced to say like, Lord, I can't do that. He's like, exactly. That's the point (laughs) because I'm supposed to be doing this through you, you know? And it, and it makes you kind of let go of that control because you're like, you really realize what an instrument you're meant to be, you know, you're, you're just open hands and and that leaning into, you had to just like sitting in that space with the father. Because it's like you can't control it, can't fix it. It is what it is in that moment. It is. And it ends up being so much easier as well, as weird as it sounds. Of like, I think we get so caught up with ha- trying to keep up of like mm-hmm. action. What can I do next? What can I do next? Like, I'm not doing enough because I'm not where I should be. But then it's like, okay, just stop trying in the ways of like trying in ways that, that are trying to force something that shouldn't be. Um, and I think there's, there's, you know, there's so much nuance to it, of course, as well, and one's experience, but I think it's exactly that, what you guys are saying of like, I'm constantly realizing how much less I need to be trying on my own regard mm-hmm. to, to be in the right position to do something or, but it's like, no, how, how do I, how do I just be present enough to listen, um, mm-hmm. And step into the things I know I was going to step to and, and like be a better, just be a better listener and listen and respond versus react. Um, and listening to, to the spiritual presence of God. And I feel like I've been, I'm more spiritual now, uh, versus more like theologically inclined to intellectually processing this, like, oh, this is happening. So this is what it means. Like trying to connect the thoughts. It's, it's, it's interesting. So I've a journey, it's a right? Thing. It's such a beautiful journey. And my life here seems, doesn't seem real to me like that. I didn't, I never thought I'd pursue music and it never occurred to me that this would be a thing I do professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always wanted me and my brother, my, me to do this. My, she always, my brother was doing it. And so she always envisioned us doing this together. So mm-hmm. when I, I moved here the summer of 2020, peak of the pandemic and i think that was an expression of like a a way that god was also continuing to teach this lesson of like when things are completely mysterious and uncontrolled like this is this is why i want you to do it unknown i want you and i felt and and i think the the strangest thing through through all this these last three years for me has been that i've never felt not at peace 
Mm, and that that's the difference been, because when we not things, yeah. it's not peaceful. And when we have that open, we always say clenched fists versus open hands. And that's kind of, I think, how you know, because yeah. we would love for God to come down and say, Gay, this is the plan for your life. Do this, this, and this. And then we would do it, but it doesn't work like that. But it is that internal resistance and feeling of peace. And I can see it through you. You just lean in and he'll continue to bend and shift the road. And, yeah, and so absolutely. share with us just kind of as we're, as we're coming yeah. to a close here, like, where are you now? What are you doing? I know you're getting ready to go on American Ninja Warrior prepping for that. Tell us the, what, what's Gabe doing right yeah. now? Oh man. Um, it's as, uh, adventured as this it's, it's as all over the place as what I've expressed to you in my life, <laughs> what has happened in my life already. I feel like it's just as adventurous, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, since I moved out here, I've been living in the freelancing life full time. Um, and again, it's been the most peaceful experience, but also the most challenging experience as well. Like, and the most financially challenged I've ever been in my professional life. Um, I don't make a lot of regular income, but I feel really peaceful and I feel, I feel really challenged and I'm growing in a ton. Um, but I, I play, you know, since I moved out here, I've played probably over 300 shows um, in different forms all around town, um, outside of Nashville. Um, I'm, I really stepped into the acting side last year. Uh, so I'm training at an acting studio in town and I have a management team I'm working with out west. Um, and so I'm auditioning for a lot of different projects in TV film and I'm, I have some agencies I'm getting like I've been doing commercial stuff. And so it's like the on-screen life has been been the experience I've been living in. And it's it's cool. I feel really geared towards this creative expression of life. Like I, I write songs all the time. I play songs all the time. I'm I'm doing this really kind of quirky cello singing thing as an artist. Um, and there's I'm seeing some really beautiful uh, return on that. And I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Um, and I'm getting pretty good at it already. And it's it's been cool just to to see the effect of leaning into the unknown of life, squeezing the hand of God and letting him take me and just showing up um, in moment to moment. Um, and so like this Ninja Warrior stuff is another expression of that. I'm like, I'm living the entertainment life now. Let me, why not add this extra <laughs> little layer to it? And uh, I'll be out in LA um, end of March uh, competing on that. And yeah, there's a lot of just fun opportunities. I feel like God is continuing opening up for me. And, and I also say these promising expectations of things with my open heart to be really, I just want to be guided because I'm maybe I move somewhere else this year or something happens and something changes, but I, I'm just doing my best to continue to lean into the mysteriousness that God is working because he always is mysterious, but he's very obvious at the same time. Um, and so it's been a beautiful thing. So that's a real snippet of like the that's, life I'm living. Love it. No. And I mean, we're going to have to have you back to continue the story. Yeah. 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 No, no, I know this is a little see. longer. Than, yeah. Thank no, you. No, it's awesome. I love it. But I, I don't want to stop. I'm like, I want to know more. I want to <laughs> like stories yeah. never over, but I, I really love how, you know, it's creating that silence to be able to hear him. So that could be a whole other great conversation because, yes. you know, he's so obvious. And I think that that's, a challenge for a lot of us. So I'd love to have you back and talk and get into a conversation oh, about that. I would love to. I have so many thoughts to that too. Yeah. yeah. And it, 
<laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But it's uh it's exciting and it's just just a beautiful morning here to spend with you for you to share with our audience. And I know they're gonna love this on how God can work through brokenness in ways that we don't know. And just thank you for your vulnerability, your emotional vulnerability to share yeah. and allow us to it is, it's so powerful. And you know, the story of our life is is meant to be shared whenever it's in an appropriate time. Um, so that others can grow and learn and know that no one's life is perfect, but God is always with us and he's always working. Mm-hmm. And your, your attitude is just example of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that twinkle. I'm telling you, I knew it the so first kind. time I saw him playing the cello. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, I'm awesome. getting ready for you 2000. I got to send my paperwork in for that. Are you going to be here? Love it. We're excited. And we just thank you for being here and you all. I know Gabe has blessed you all as much as he has us. And we will definitely have him back and talk about how we can know that God is obvious in our lives. That would be great. We'll put, we'll put his information, you know, if you want to, ways to reach out, if you want him to come play for your anything, he is yeah, totally. incredible. Next level. <laughs> never heard anything like it. Yeah. Of place, cella, I mean, all the things. And follow him on Instagram. It's He has awesome stuff. And be looking for him on American Ninja Warrior. Warrior. We'll put all that in the show notes. And we are just grateful for you. And so like, share, download, get Gabe's story out just so that you can impact others with the beautiful man that he is. And we will see you next time on Girl Water Your Grass. Bye.